0: Talk Radio.
1: Welcome to the Football Garbage Time NFL Podcast. My name is Akun Wong and I'm the editor-in-chief of Football Garbage Time. And with me today are my co-hosts Ryan Whitfield and Scott King. All right, well, we got lots to talk about today because the NFL season is scheduled to start just around the corner on September 10th with the kickoff game between the defending Super Bowl champion Kansas City Chiefs, led by these newly uber-rich Patrick Mahomes, who signed a 10-year, $503 million deal, and the Houston Texans. $503 million, guys. That is... A lot of money. Um, So let me ask you this, uh, Scott. What would you do with 503 million dollars?
0: I think the first thing I'd do would be to move to a tax-free state. That's for sure. You don't want to be (laughs) paying extra taxes on that kind of money. Uh, No, no kidding. uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. I definitely would. I definitely move somewhere where I could uh, not see people for a long, long time. I think would be my preference. That's every
1: state. (laughs) <laughs> right now, right? Yeah. It's not <laughs> right, yeah. people for right, a while. But... <laughs> just, so that's e- easier, not too bad, except for those tax-free states are pretty, uh, pretty bad right now, so I don't know if you want to be in them uh, at this moment. Hey, Ryan, you there? i got to ask you, what are you going to do with $503 million? Okay, so... That, uh thought I had Ryan there, but it looks like uh, I can't hear Can heal. you hear me now? So, yes, I can. Yes, I can. Oh, my gosh. I, I, thought, for, I thought for 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 real that we weren't going to get you on the on the line today, Ryan. So this is a real special treat. I almost didn't announce you because I was talking to Scott before the show, and I'm like, 50-50, not sure if it's going to happen. Then I saw you called in, and I was like, yes. <laughs> all right, Ryan, five hundred three million dollars. <laughs> what would you these do
2: with that? These days it's been fifty-fifty if you get me on here. Uh, anyways, <laughs> with, uh, with everything I'm trying to juggle, so when right I'm on now, vacation,
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> right.
2: and vacation and drinking all day uh, makes it a, uh, an even less of a proposition. But here, here I am. That's so. right. Um, That's right. Yeah. That kind of money, I mean, you know, never work again. That'd be the, the easy answer, right? I'd go uh, pursue more creative interests and uh, Oh and, right, and try because to, we're pretty uncreative on do. this show,
1: so I understand that. <laughs> <laughs> you
2: know, settle down and, and write the great American novel. I finally have the time to do that, so that would probably be, be what I'd be up to. There
1: it is. Yeah, and you don't even have to publish a great American novel. Five hundred three million dollars. You could just you could just write it. And <laughs> nobody ever ever has it, to goes, read goes, it.
2: Goes, Go drop it off at a couple bookstores myself, see if anyone ever reads it, you know?
1: <laughs> yeah, perfect. Hey, send me a copy when you're done with that, will you? Hey, listen, I'll tell you what Absolutely. Patrick Mahomes did. He became a part owner of the Kansas City Royals. Mahomes' dad, by the way, Pat Mahomes, was Major League Pitcher, pitcher for 11 years, and Mahomes himself was drafted as a baseball prospect in 2014 by the Detroit Tigers. Um, you know, so that's a big <laughs> that's a big get for him, being a part owner of the Kansas City Royals. Scott, you're a Lions fan. Are you a Tigers fan, too? Perchance?
0: Oh yeah, eighty four. Oh yeah? 84 Tigers when I was a kid. Oh man, yeah, Bob, you, have, you have a rough of go, go of it. <laughs> yeah, but I, I I still remember the uh, the championship back when I was a kid, so I hang out to it.
1: Yeah, so I know how that is. Being a Bears fan, I hold on to that eighty five Bears too, and it's uh it's been a long time. It's been a long long time. <laughs> and uh and being a Cubs fan. I had, to, I had to live several lifetimes to get to my uh, World Series. So, you know, I, I know how that is. Totally know how that is. Hey, if I had $503 million, I would buy, uh, i be a part owner of the Bears, and I would fire every quarterback on our roster and pick up a quarterback who can throw the ball. That's what, that's what I would do with $503 million. Anyway, I digress. Football season creeping up on us. COVID 19's impact still huge. Have no idea how it's going to impact us. So, what is the impact? of COVID-19 on the NFL season as well as fantasy football. Well, that's what we're going to talk about today, so let's get it going. As I mentioned, the NFL season is scheduled to start on September 10th, but the date is far from a lock. Originally, preseason games were supposed to run from late July through August, but slowly slipped away until the entire preseason was canceled on July 27th. Currently, the NFL does have contingencies in place, similar to those built in to the 2011 schedule, which you guys all might remember with the lockout. Well, the 2020 schedule is designed in the same way. It's designed to allow the possibility that the season could be delayed and shortened in the event that conditions are unsafe to begin play in September as scheduled. Every game in Week 2 features teams which share the same bye week later in the season, which would allow those games to be made up on the team's bye weeks. Weeks three and four were set up so that not, there were neither any divisional rivalry games nor teams on bye those weeks, and every team with a home game in week three will be on the road in week four and vice versa. This would keep the season as fair as possible if some games have to be canceled. These scheduling changes, along with eliminating the week off before the Super Bowl and moving the Super Bowl back three weeks, would allow the NFL to play a 14-game schedule at least beginning as late as October 29th and still have the Super Bowl in February. But scheduling isn't the only question, as players have already opted out. But I'm going to get to that question next. Let's just focus right now on scheduling, because we've all seen that baseball came back just a week ago, and already they're having multiple postponed games with both the Marlins and the Phillies that were suspended due to COVID-19 outbreaks, and the MLBs having to scramble on the last week to reschedule games throughout the week. Plus, the NBA comes back soon playing in a bubble, something we're not going to see of the NFL and there's the question as to whether that would be safer for players or not. So let me start with you, Scott. What do you think about COVID-19's impact on the NFL season, and what have you learned from the other sports?
0: Well, I think that the impact, obviously, is already happening, right, with uh, elimination of preseason. We've got uh, workouts not really happening. Players aren't getting together. So we're already – going to have a season that's going to I think have an asterisk by it because we're not going to be able to evaluate players and and rookies and the way that we normally would so teams are really going to have to rely on their practices and you know hopefully they've been able to do joint practices I haven't seen if that's been canceled yet so you know there's this this theory of getting rid of a preseason going to 18 games so from the NFL standpoint, they're going to get to see what that's going to look like somewhat this year. So I'd expect to see some ugly football the first couple of weeks of the season. And, no doubt. Um, you know, as teams are kind of finding their way, I, I've been watching. So I watch any sport that's on TV. I watched a lot of iRacing even when it was on. So I've been <laughs> right. watching um, premier league soccer. Some of the stuff overseas came online and they've all been playing at their home stadiums without fans and relatively without incident. As far as I can tell, the quality was okay. The first couple of games were a little rough. Um, and then we've also seen um, the NASCAR come back, which obviously there's not as much contact between the drivers, but they've been adding back fans slowly over the last couple of races. So you're starting to see an example of how you can you know, get players on the field and do it in a safe way, and then also a way to get fans into the building, which is good. And then the one that I really look at also is UFC, which is just one-on-one. It's a much, much smaller uh, number of people, but the contact is as high as you can get, right? I mean, two people wrestling around on the ground is much more bodies in contact and exchanging viruses than you get in any sport. And they've done it in a really good way. So I think there's definitely some maps to look at. And I think when the NBA comes back, that's going to be interesting as well. And then the NHL is doing yep. these little mini-hubs. Um, so th- there's what's given me hope is that there's a lot of lessons learned that are happening before football comes up. So they can look at European soccer. They can look at NASCAR with fans and see baseball. You know, they're going to have a chance to really learn of what's going on, and hopefully they implement all that and we don't end up with a with a shortened season.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's, that's definitely the danger here, but they do have some, like I said, built-in contingencies to make it a shorter season if necessary. Let me flip it over to you because I want to get back to the impact of other sports in a second, but let me flip it over to you, Ryan, and ask you about your thoughts about the impact of COVID-19 on the NFL season so far and what you think might happen in light of what we've seen, like you said, of baseball, uh, what we see of NASCAR, what we see of the Premier League. And then most recently we saw that the U.S. Golf Open is going to be um, without any fans uh, coming up soon. So, you know, what are your thoughts about how uh, it's going to impact the uh, the NFL season?
2: Yeah, so I think there's a, there's a lot of um, factors here to consider. Um, and a lot of, you know, changing uh, Circumstances, so What I would say is that I think Personally, um, there's a headline uh, I want to say Wall Street Journal Had it, somebody had it, but it was it was a perfect Headline the other day about the juxtaposition um, That it said on the same day that the NHL Recorded uh, Zero positive tests across the league mm-hmm. uh, The NFL, or the MLB has 14, you know uh, Players and coaches on the Marlins test positive right. And to me, the point is That I think, uh, Without getting too much into the political side of it, um, that the the environment right now in the U.S. Uh, has kind of cultivated this uh, separate ideologies on 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 how how much we should, how serious we should take it if we should actually wear masks, yada yada. Um, so that's been part of I think a growing issue in the in the country of um, that this that this has not been studied. So it leads me to say that I personally think that sports cannot return to normal. Um, at least the, the four major, you know, sports where there's a lot of contact, locker rooms, uh, shared areas, without it being done okay. in bubble cities. I think the NHL and the NBA have it right. I think Dan MLB and the NFL have it wrong. Um, the, the examples of NASCAR, you know, NASCAR with pit crews and stuff. There's certainly more teams, but you know, specifically with the with the PGA Tour, um, I mean, you can virtually have zero contact with other human beings. Um, you know, that golf can be set up that way. As far as the Premier League. I'm not, i won 't say i pretend to be familiarized with all of your europe 's uh, standards of action uh, you know <laughs> right. and what, what 's been done through this, but I do know um, and i don 't know if they're still doing it but back in and at least as, as recently as may that in England they had issued over fourteen thousand fines for people breaching uh, lockdown, so that was a country that took it. Um, to the more extreme level. So when you talked about sports in that league uh, and then being able to move around more and more, uh, I mean, they had an environment set up where if you left your home, you were, uh, you know, you were being fined. So um, I just think there's a lot of different factors like that to consider. So, when I look at the NFL um, in our pre-show conversation, I think Scott had mentioned that he, you know, doesn't expect like the league to not happen or anything. And um, ultimately, I, I agree because I think the, NH, the NFLPA is one of the, the weakest unions in all the pro sports in this country, if not the weakest, mm-hmm. um, particularly here locally. With the six Patriots this week opting out, I mean, the Patriots are the mm-hmm. prime candidates of guys who are going to opt out. Patrick Chung mm-hmm. and um, Dont'a Hightower have made all their money. They're, they've been, you know, they're on like the third, uh, third, and maybe fourth contract for Patrick Chung. Uh They both won three Super Bowls. They literally can prioritize their family. Um, you know, I think that there needs to be a number of guys to step up and back out so that they can force uh, the owners' hands on this bubble city. Um, you know, set up a plan like that, and that's what I would like to see for the NFL because I think it's the best chance that it comes back. Um, but as a guy, we talked about earlier. You know, until a Patrick Mahomes, who's all of his money is ahead of him, not behind him, mm-hmm. until that caliber right. of player starts to say, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm opting out this year. Um, right. You know, so the guys who really would have um, something to lose until we start seeing the stars in the league, you know, them, him, Deshaun Watson. uh Jared Goff, you know other guys in, in the younger side of the, their their careers and stuff. Jimmy Garoppolo, those are the kind of guys you need to say, "Hey, I'm not playing." Before the owners really have to take notice and be concerned about the season. So um, we'll see if we see that. But I just think that you know, so far the people that have uh, opted out for the most part are people that are in ideal condition, you know, uh, situations to do so. So, um, but ultimately, I think if you want a successful season with no stoppage, uh, that that's what you're looking at. And then the last point to touch on. As Scott mentioned, well, you know we should expect to see some sloppy football in the beginning. Yep. Um I mean, we should expect to see some really sloppy football in the beginning because if <laughs> yeah, you look no at doubt. the way September, the way September looks now versus ten years ago, when before they went and eliminated, you know, most of the contact and training camp and limited the number of practices and all of, and all of that, um, September's already gotten really sloppy based off that, anyways, and. Most insiders in the league will tell you, meaning people that are in front offices and players and stuff, will tell you that it's just without having the contact, without having the hitting, it's impossible to be fully in football shape um, right. without those kind of reps. So now you're going to eliminate the four preseason games. I mean, you're talking we, – we could be talking midway through the season before seeing anything that resembles like good football to watch. Um, and I do right. think that the roster sizes, while necessary, going from 90 to 80, eliminate certain competition in camp, which I think is going to make some of the guys who – you know, the it takes a full camp for, for really the bottom guys to rise up and take over a position. Um sure. so does that take off some See of the intensity of the 80 yep. players that are there? Um, for guys who can coast a little bit more and so even less ready for the beginning of the season. Um so yeah, I mean again, it I I don't know what the ends I think football is the most complicated just given the roster sizes, uh and and, and the nature of the sport, it's gonna be one of the most complicated yep. to return to. Um but I, I think first you gotta find a way to, to do hub cities.
1: Yeah, no, it's an interesting point. And I know uh, we talked about it, a little, and, Scott, you mentioned this a little bit as well. So, you know, we all just said, we all know NBA is coming back. It's actually coming back tomorrow. And they had an announcement today that of the 344 players tested for COVID-19 on the NBA campus since tense results were last announced in July 20, zero have returned confirmed positive tests. So they are zero COVID-19. But on the flip side, Major League Baseball, the Marlins, surprisingly and incredibly, 16 of the 33 players who traveled to Philadelphia for this past weekend series have tested positive, and two of Marlin's staff members have tested positive uh, from the travel. Um, What do you think here, Scott, about this idea of a bubble or hub cities for the NFL? Do you think that would make sense for it, or do you think that would be better than what they have going on right now?
0: I I think it would be be complicated. I mean, obviously it's complicated, right, because you're really starting to – to isolate teams and try to keep control out, we had players who wandered off looking for some chicken wings and ended up, you know, contaminating their bubble. Right. So I think yep. it makes it, you know, a little challenging to do that. I'd really rather not see them head that direction, but I think from an NFL standpoint, they're they're committed to putting product on the field, and and as far as yep. like players opting out we've seen the NFL literally take people out of the parking lot, throw jerseys at them and have them play what looks like football. So the NFL is not afraid to put an inferior product on the field just to keep their product out there. So I I think it would take an awful lot for them to uh, cancel the season, but hub cities is definitely an option, but it's just, they're, they better have that plan in place now and ready to pull the trigger because there's nobody talking about it as far as I've seen.
1: Yep, no, that's, uh, that's definitely true. And uh, a related issue, of course, is what is it going to be like, uh, regardless of whether it ends up in a bubble or in uh, its uh, natural travel into the, in the local stadiums. And that's something you you had mentioned a little bit, uh, Scott, about how NASCAR is letting some fans in. The European uh, Premier League has uh, has not allowed fans in. Um, interestingly, uh, that's, uh, there's kind of split on how that's going to work in, uh, at the NFL, uh, Eagles, the Philadelphia Eagles have announced that they were gonna, not going to allow any fans in, um, in contrast, the New England Patriots say that, uh, will come phase four, they will allow some fans in, maybe limited to about 20% capacity. Um, let me get your thoughts on that, Ryan. What do you think? Are, are we going to have fans in the stands or is that kind of a pipe dream for the NFL? Yeah, I
2: think it's, I think it's a pipe dream for us. I think it's, um... You know, again, of the four major sports, and it's a it's a league I love and I love to watch. Um, but it, it, when you look at the, the dispersion between the players' association and the owners, uh, when you look at like, like Scott said that this is a league that is not afraid to put out an inferior product. Um right. They do have, you know, and the whole idea of the teaching, you know, tell the players to, to protect the shield or whatever the, the terminology they use is when they enter the league, um, that there is this. Emboldened attitude of borderline, if not borderline, arrogance of that they just right. don't care, right. and, and so they're going to do they're going to do stuff that other leagues wouldn't do. So I think <laughs> it's a terrible idea from a as as a human on this planet um, yep. who does not yep. pretend to be a scientist or have all the answers on coronavirus, but uh, you know, as someone who who just. You know, I take the overall general medical consensus on it and say that putting 20% volume of fans in there, I know me personally, as much as I miss sports, I miss concerts, I miss uh, activities, uh, large gatherings, it's going to be a long time and probably until there's a vaccination before I personally feel comfortable being back in that, so I can't imagine seeing crowds right now when the other leagues aren't doing it. However, if there is a league that would allow it, it's the NFL. So, um, yeah. And I'd honestly put it as a coin flip. I'd, I really don't know which way the wind will blow on that one. Um, but I, I feel confident saying that the first league that w- would have 20% occupancy in their stadiums would be the NFL.
1: Yeah, and, and interesting, we can look to college football as what they're doing as well. Most of the uh, places have been silent about how many people will be in the stands, but uh, most recently uh, some schools, and including Notre Dame, has announced that they're going to allow only students and faculty to be in games um so no one other than students and faculty which would still be a relatively good amount of people in the stands um you know we are talking somewhere around 20,000 people uh, so that's about 25% capacity or so i mean that that's a lot of people in the fans in the stands still so it'll be interesting to see how that plays out of course who knows what's going to happen to the college football season as well and and i don't know if you saw this ryan but our team notre dame now part of the acc this year going to be um, available to play an ACC championship. How interesting will that be uh, if we even have a season, of course, because there are people opting out there as well. And lightning lightning question for both of you, okay, just just yes or no, whether you think it's good or not. You know, I know that the Premier League started this. A friend of mine who's a Premier League fan hates it. They start piping in crowd noise during games. Now, that a, they're doing this for the MLB as well. They're using the uh, PlayStation 4 um, MLB, the show game, in order to pipe in Um, sound, crowd noises for the game, including oohs and ahs when they're hits. It's a little bit um, interesting. It's weird. But what do you think, Scott, piping in sound for the game uh, and fan sound, crowd noise for NFL games, yay or nay?
0: Absolutely, yes. I've I've watched dead silent soccer games.
1: Yep. We lost you there, Scott. You still there?
0: Oh, I'm sorry. You got me. Yep.
1: Yeah. Yeah, gotcha. Oh yes. For me, it's a yes. Okay. And I said you. And you said you watched a, uh, uh, dead quiet uh, Premier League games. It's a little weird, right?
0: Yeah. It's it's really it's it's like watching my son's soccer practice.
1: <laughs> not to say that he's a bad soccer player or anything and not entertaining in his own right, but I understand. Nevada having crowds, it's tough. What do you think, Ryan, yay or nay, piping in sound crowd noise for NFL games?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of the debate I've heard uh, on this from people, you know, there's people that say it's cheesy, it's fake, and there's other people that say, like, Scott, like it just feels less real when you hear it in silence. When you look at it, both options suck. You know, you'd rather have the real fans in it. You can't have that. Uh, so I agree with Scott in the, in the sense that it's, it's, it's too eerie and hollow to watch it with, uh, with zero sound. And I, I've not watched a lot of the Premier League. Um, but the one uh, reference point I have is whatever, I, close to 10 years ago when the, when the riots were happening in Baltimore and the Orioles played right. that three-game series in Baltimore with no fans and because yeah. they, they, that was done on the fly. They had no they had no crowd audio to pump in uh, and it was just a silent game and it was just it was a weird feeling it's just a, it, it was. neither one's natural or normal give me give me the fake sound over the no sound
1: I totally agree with both of you let's go ahead and bail on that one and move on to our next topic because now I'd like to turn to the other part of the equation which will certainly impact real NFL games as well as fantasy football and that's player op outs. Now, under the amended collective bargaining agreement between the NFL and the NFLPA agreed to on July 24th, players have the choice to opt out of the 2020 NFL season due to 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 COVID-19. If a player wishes to opt out, he must provide his club with a written notification within seven days of the date that the NFL and NFLPA finalize the agreement that includes the terms of such opt-outs, so essentially end of July. To be designated a a voluntary opt-out, a player must be under contract or subject to the tender. The player's contract will toll. However, he will not receive an accrued season. The player will be eligible for a stipend of $150,000 to be treated as salary against his tolled contract. To be designated as a higher-risk opt-out, which is another type of opt-out, the player must have a diagnosis reflected in their medical records of at least one of the factors based on a modified list of CDC risk factors that makes COVID-19 particularly dangerous, such as having cancer, serious heart conditions, asthma, hypertension, among a lot of others. So a higher risk opt-out will receive an accrued season towards free agency and all benefits and minimum salary credit for the credited season. And it's also eligible for a stipend of $350,000, which will not constitute a salary advance. So there have been a number of voluntary opt-outs and there have been a number of higher risk opt-outs and there have been a number of unspecified opt-outs. Not a lot of big names, But certainly, as uh, you mentioned there, Ryan, the New England Patriots leading the way. Dante Hightower, Dan Vital, Brandon Bolden, Najee Turan, and uh, Patrick Chung, of course, um, also opting out. And Marcus Cannon also opting out. That's a big list. But um, really not huge, huge names so far opting out. And I know this is something we were just talking about. Just just today, though, Kansas City Chiefs, Damian Williams opting out for the season. So that's also really, really interesting. So uh, let me ask you, um, Scott, what do you think? What do you think about the COVID-19 and the player out? How is that going to affect um, your, football, your fantasy football strategy this year? Obviously, we know how it's going to affect the NFL, but how is it going to affect your fantasy football strategy this year?
0: Yeah, this is the biggest uh, struggle with getting ready for a, a draft, right? So this is kind of a on Bell situation times 100 where uh, a couple years ago (laughs) when he was kind of on the fence, was he going to play, was he not? People were drafting him early. This is when he was top five fantasy pick most most leagues. Uh, So people were drafting him not knowing, and then they were getting burned. I personally am going to try to push every draft I can to the last possible second because you don't know what's going to happen. And then there's also – if the if the play is as bad as we think it's going to be, there's going to be some players on the fence that maybe after week two decide, you know what, I'm not going to risk my career to play some horrible brand of football. I'm out. And so you're going to have this mixture of guys that are bailing now. And then, you know, let's say you're six and ten or you're, you know, six and six or four and six or something. And you decide, I, I'm not going to risk the rest of my season. I'm out. Um, so it's going to be a really, really big, big problem for fantasy. And it's going to make, you know, your draft and the depth of your draft so much more important. Because, you know, they, at the end of the day, there's players, you know, the, the Patrick Mahomes and, and these guys, they, their careers are set. But there's guys that are barely making rosters that are going to want to make a name for themselves. And they're going to play no matter what, you know, the same guys that play injured, the same guys that try to play with, with concussions. And so those guys are going to play. And so that's where you've got to really be smart about the depth charts and and looking late in the draft. So you're not going to not want to take four tight ends late in the draft just because you got some roster spots to burn. You're going to have to be real smart about your skill positions and make sure you've got the depth of, of those players who may be – second or third string, who you think is going to hang around and actually get on the field.
1: Yeah, yeah, and it's actually interesting to me because I've actually started reading about who it is who might have a kid soon because, you know, those types of things, or who it is who has a an elderly parent that uh, lives nearby or something because those things can actually impact the player's decision as to whether they want to opt out or not. Um, you know, it is a, a, who knows if it's a shortened season. If the season ends up getting shortened even more or shutting down early, they may not get anything out of it. Um, do they really care if it tolls their contract and anyway, I don't know. Anyway, lots of good, uh, good thoughts there. Definitely have your depth in line. Ryan, let me ask you, how is this, uh, opt out, this player opt out issue? How does that impact uh, your fantasy football strategy?
2: Yeah. So, I mean, first of all, and this is probably uh, the antithesis of what I should say on this show or as somebody uh, who constantly works <laughs> in the industry, um, But I I have almost no interest in this fantasy football season. I want football back. I want to watch football this year. Um, But it's just – it's – I mean, it's really twofold. One, I feel – it's going to be very difficult to win a league this year. And two, if you win, especially in a league that's like a, you know, more of a legacy, uh, league where like, you know, a lot, most of us all are in multiple leagues. We have that, that right. one league back home with all our friends where it's, it's constant ribbing about you've never won one and stuff like, I, I term, <laughs> right. it, it, it would be an, a, it'd be an asterisk win season. It just, it's yeah. just going to be because the opt-out is only, it's it's one small facet of what you have to consider. So first, first, all, I mean, if you're going to do a league, first thing I say is, um, so you've got to eliminate or change so many of your rules. First of all, I think every league should be widen their benches by three four slots at least minimum. Um, you should be able to right. carry a crap ton more players uh, than normal. Uh, also, I hate leagues that are like this anyways. But if you're one of those leagues that um, there's a cutoff Sunday morning or Sunday game day where you can make a swap for a player, I think you have to eliminate that. I think if you make the if you make a switch before the game starts, it should count um, for, for right. that day. So, th- so those are two considerations immediately. Um, with the extra slots, it would help your draft strategy, um, as you mentioned. With uh, with the opt out here of just being able to to target guys, you know, load up the positions you wouldn't normally target. Guys who were third or fourth in the depth chart, um, you know, because you know you look at the Kansas City situation like you just mentioned. Um, I'm in a dynasty league uh, uh, with Matt Hicks. Actually, he runs it. It's called the the Fantasy Premier League. Matt Hicks who we've had on here before, mm-hmm. I believe. Yeah, uh, yeah,
1: and okay.
2: He uh, so, he, we're in a dynasty league with him. I had the number one overall pick because we got ravaged by injuries last year, and we took uh, Clyde Edwards hilaire So, you would think that we'd be pumped that Damien, because I have a co manager in that league, we'd be pumped that Damien yeah. Williams is out. But then we just talk about no preseason. There's been no real camps and stuff. Am I really supposed to expect that a rookie running back is going to jump into a crazy season with absolutely no reps, and, and he's just also going to be the number one guy there? So, now do you look at a guy like Darwin Thompson? I mean, there's just so many questions to ask around. Uh, all all these these players in in these situations. And then when you really take the COVID thing out to the nth degree, the the part that's really going to make this year difficult that I just, you know, I think that people need to consider more is, you know, the MLB, we're seeing the issue with the Marlins, the test came back three days, but even because of rapid testing. I mean, you could have a situation where, um, there's an undetected breakout in a specific locker room of, a, of you know, a player, even two players. So you're stacking, you know, not that, you know, most people don't do this, but say, just say in the wild world, oh, let's, let's go Matt Ryan. Let's not do the three years Say so you got Matt Ryan and Julio Jones. All week, there's nothing. Neither one of them hurt. They're having a great season. All awesome. sudden Sunday morning, game time, the test results come back. They both tested positive for corona. They're out that day. And now Mm -hmm. all of a sudden you're out, you're number one receiver and your quarterback. So it's just like there's just so many question marks with so much to factor in this year. Um, Like you said, are we all going to start doing that? Do we all need to create family trees now of of every player to know whose family lives close to them, who's pregnant, who's not pregnant? The whole thing is just such a mess. And, you know, and and like Scott said, the show will go on. You know, the famous reference that everyone uses, and it's a good one because it is slightly comical. You know, one of the most vocal people during the lockout in 2011 was Antonio Carmarti because he had you know eight <laughs> children or nine children with eight different women and that's a lot of child support and so Ant- Antonio yeah, Cromartie even though uh, was not the highest-paid corner in the league. He still made pretty decent money, but because of his life choices, Antonio Camardi could not afford to miss game checks. So that man was very right. vocal in 2011 <laughs> saying, we need to go back to work. I will play. He would have crossed the picket right. line. He would not have cared. Uh, so there's right. just too many players like that in this league. That all comes back to, again, how weak the union is, how little rights the NFLPA has compared to the other. I mean, you just the juxtaposition between the MLBPA versus the NFLPA, um, they're miles apart. The NFL players have uh, – there's just too many guys. There's too many – Again, Scott said the the bubble guys. The, The average career in the NFL three years. They don't have guaranteed contracts and money. Uh, for the guys yep. who are drafted in the sixth round, even if you stick around the three years, you're probably going to make $1.6 total before uh, taxes get taken out. So when that gets taken out, so if you're going to miss one of those years, like, you're not going to say no. You're not opting out. You're going to play. It is the guys who are in ideal situations that can say no, that can walk away, um, but those guys are few and far between in the league. There's too many with the, with the rosters the size they are. There's too much of a proportion of them that need every game check. It'll never happen. Um, but as far as fantasy strategy, I mean, you've you got to be a doomsday prepper this year. Prep for every nightmare right. scenario in the world. Um, and honestly, if you're in a league where your commissioner is not willing to, to make rules that are tailored specifically to coronavirus, I would, especially if it, there's money involved, it's not just a for-fun league, I would opt out of yep. that league this year. I don't. If, if, yep. if your commissioner is not, not going to um, be uh, admittable to the situation, then I yep. would walk away it's from like that home. league.
1: Yeah, honestly, no, probably I agree. For
2: good because that commissioner is probably a jerk.
1: <laughs> are you calling me a jerk, Ryan? I kind of feel like you're calling me a jerk right now. No, I, I, I am going to make those changes. I promise you. So I, let's see. I'll, let me just uh, sum up here because what I hear from both of you guys um, are recommendations to those league commissioners and recommendations to players to those league commissioners who set up leagues: go for bigger benches, allowing players to get more depth, um, and make sure that you uh, have no locks on pickups until game time so that people have more flexibility because who knows if players are going to be going, going out. And for the, and, and I, something that I like that I've seen in baseball leagues that I'm uh, in, in right now, fantasy baseball leagues, is that uh, IR spots uh, or IL spots, I should say, are usable with those who have COVID-19. So if a player comes out of COVID-19, he can go right onto your IL spot. I would activate those IR spots and COVID-19 spots in uh, fantasy football to allow people to keep those players and pick up other players up until game time in order to take their place. So what are the, those are recommendations that I think we all have together for commissioners, for players, get really good depth, be a doomsday prepper, make sure you get your handcuffs. you got to make sure that you have enough depth because you don't know what's going to happen with these rosters, you don't know what's going to happen with these players, and it could hit anybody. Uh, I also um, am a little bit wary about certain hotspots, to tell you the truth. I mean, look, at Miami is a hotspot, and the Marlins got hit. Uh and then they you know, and then you got the the Phillies just being in the wrong place at the wrong time. So things to think about when you go into a fantasy league. And uh that's all the time we got, guys. I mean oh my gosh, it goes so fast, but uh whoo that was a speedy one. Let's hit the air horn on the show. And Ryan, why don't you give us your social media so people can follow you?
2: Yeah, uh my uh social media is at Ryan Whitfield. Um, and just one quick plug, uh, even though I just ripped on fantasy sports this year, I am doing a featured Monday and Tuesday DFS column uh, at fantasy, er, for Fantasy Pros now. So uh, follow me on Twitter. Yeah. You can get the, the, nice. those DFS advice columns every, every Monday, Tuesday morning.
1: That's right. Don't play fantasy, but play DFS and read Ryan's column. That's what we're saying here right Play now. DFS MLB. Right.
2: That one I support right
1: now. <laughs> that's MLB? All right. That's, that's fair. That's fair. All right, Scott, give us your social media so people can follow you.
0: Yeah, that NFL fantasy underscore more, and, and just to jump
1: on that though,
0: seriously, you may want to abandon some of your season-long leagues and just focus on DFS because you'll have a better idea who's playing. So that, that great, great that's a, a really good point.
1: Yeah, no, I think that's a great idea. I mean, obviously, a uh, big, fa- or I think we're all big DFS players as well as uh, season-long, and DFS definitely much easier to accommodate this type of situation. So, all right, thanks, everybody. For wasting time with us. Thanks, Ryan Scott, being on the show. This is going to be... It's been a while. I mean, I can't believe it, but we were actually off the air for almost a full month, so I'm glad we made it back on the air as we kind of creep up on the NFL season. Hey, until next time, everyone, enjoy sports this week. You know, sports is back, at least for the time being. We'll see how long that lasts, but we got baseball, (laughs) basketball coming up tomorrow. Fingers crossed we got a lot of stuff coming on down the road, and we'll get closer to the start of the NFL season. So, until next time, See you all and enjoy your NFL week.
2: And Joey Alibro, if listen to this, we didn't miss you.
1: <laughs> Joey did carry the show a couple times in the past, so I'll, give, I'll give him a break this time. <laughs> I don't want to hear
2: it. <laughs> <laughs>